0: What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have a former NBA G League player, now turned real estate developer, investor, all that, Mr. Terry Harris. Welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you having me. Man, thanks for coming up, coming out, man. It's uh, dope. You appreciate it. The studio, the hoop. Absolutely, man. Mm -hmm. We always start the show off with the wall of hoop movies your favorite hoop movie of all time. And if it's not up there, let me know because we need to get it up there and why.
1: Uh, so on the wall, you got the Six Man. Ah, Sixth Man right is one of my favorite, Marlon Wayans. And uh, uh, that was one of my favorites. And then the one that's not on the wall is Like Mike.
0: I'm sleep.
1: Like
0: Mike. I'm sleep. Like Mike needs to be up there. I don't know why it's not up there. Uh, yeah. Why is Like Mike one of your favorites?
1: As a kid, like Mike was like, like Mike was so relatable for like you know like a kid feeling like you can be in the NBA right now. Yeah. So like when Calvin came, he had to put on the jersey, <laughs> put on the sneakers, and was on uh, um, the sneakers and uh, to go hoop and play in the NBA and like just the funniness of it. It was, it was so relatable. And then actually now I'm thinking about it now is honestly if you really think about like Mike, the real lesson like Mike is like you can do anything that you believe in cuz LeBron and he is like Yo, it's not the sneakers it's in your head like it's whatever you believe like this wasn't the sneakers it was you right and uh you know he he didn't he, he kind of did that and then got that little play in the end and they won the game but you know that's just kind of really that's really what life is about really just you know believing in yourself and
0: 100%. And if some you. little kid if they just changed the rules when you were playing and some <laughs> sixth grader came into the NBA what would you think <laughs> about that though
1: Hey man, I want to take it serious at first.
0: <laughs> you ain't gonna be the vet, like a, what's Morris Chestnut's character? And I forgot his name in that uh, movie. Morris Chestnut, yeah. yeah um, um I can't remember. Tracy, Tracy. Yes, Tracy, like man, he really like started mentoring this kid. I was yeah, like, yeah. but it was dope, man. I I was one of my favorites, man. I call it a black classic. My boy, Trey Walker. I'm talking directly to you because I know you listen to my show. It's a black classic. I don't care what nobody said, okay? <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Um, so let's talk about hoop. When did you fall in love with basketball?
1: Man, uh, it was it was all my whole life. I can't even, really can't even remember because uh, growing up, I had older siblings who played, mm-hmm. and uh, my whole family played basketball. So my dad introduced us to the game, and uh, I guess when I was a baby, you know, I had a sibling. I guess my oldest sister started playing, and she was probably nine years old, and she was she was hooping right when I so that's all I saw growing up and
0: you were born with literally a ball in your crib.
1: Exactly man. That's crazy.
0: So um, last week we had Aaron holiday who's Mm -hmm. also from a hoop family and he you know, he said two or three is when he figured out he fell in love with basketball. But man, I was like, that's the youngest I ever heard. But man, you Mm -hmm. were literally born with Mm -hmm. it and that's that's all you know. Do you think that that was you were like destined to hoop like did you did you feel like you had other options growing up
1: uh i didn't want any other options you know i really didn't it was just like so like it just it was just part of every day like so like when i come home you know throw the bag down go outside play basketball with the family like it was just like, and then, you know, we sit at the dinner table, we talk about basketball. It was like, there was one time where uh, there was a camp, and I just decided to do, like, a football session for a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it, and, um, you know, my brothers, they got their backpacks on going to basketball. They got the basketballs on them, and I'm just like, man, this I don't want to do this, you know? <laughs> I don't want to do this. And I was just like, man, forget that. Like, I just, I just, it was just the culture and the, uh, the love with, beyond it and this uh, brotherhood. I was just like, man, this is... This is
0: what I want to do, you know. Man, that's awesome. I, I mm-hmm. saw so, similar story. I tried football my senior year in high school. Probably the worst time to try it. I went out for practice one day. For me, I was like, man, I don't ever want to get hit, get injured, and not be able to hoop. Man, I went out there one day, man. Barely got tapped. Man, I literally took my pads off, my helmet off, and walked off. Oh, I, was, I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not. So very similar, man. My love for the game. Like, I should have probably ran track. I was really fast and it's was like, I just want to hoop though. And so yeah. that's it. No, yeah. I know that feeling. So, um, growing up competing. So you said your sister's nine years older than you, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you have a younger sister as well, right? Mm-hmm. She's the youngest. And so, uh, what was the competition like on the court? Like, mm-hmm. were you playing against your older sister, uh, that even with that age difference growing mm-hmm. up and
1: everything? So I got my older sister to see her, then I got my older brother, Tobias. And then my other older brother Tyler, and then I have an oldest brother TJ. So like okay. at the time, like we was all competing against each other all the time. We was yeah. all like playing two on two, one on one. Uh, everyone was competing against each other really hard. You know, front front yard. I know everybody uh, right. gets a little uh, you know in the front yard basketball battles going on, and uh, you know we would do that, compete hard. You know, just just that like family, that family. You know, that's crazy. Love so it. did your dad yeah.
0: play at a high level? High mm-hmm. Where did he play? play? At Duquesne. Okay, played a mm-hmm. new game. Nice, okay. too, yeah. Nice. And then yeah. your moms? She didn't play, no. No, no hoop, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, I guess your pops kind of introduced it to you guys mm-hmm. from his love and passion for it and then brought it in. Did, did your siblings ever play any other sports?
1: I think, like, everyone, like, dibbled and dabbled on another sport and nobody, everyone was just, like, we just <laughs> veered back to basketball. <laughs> that's always hoop. Yeah.
0: No, I think I always think that's interesting just how it's, because I have a little son and I, I talk about this often. It's like, man... I want him to hoop. Like, uh-huh. and my wife's like, "What if he wants to play the piano? What if he wants to?" Because my wife is a non-hooper. She's a gamer. She's like in anime, creative, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so, um, I'm like, I don't think he has a choice. Not, not like I'm forcing it on him. But I'm around hoop all day. Mm-hmm. He's gonna want to hoop. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, very interesting, just how you grew up. It's like that's all you knew. And for so, sure. hey, Heart I'm, I'm kind of going to keep it like that for my son. That's yeah. all he's yeah. gonna know. So, exactly. um, now, through, you grew up in, where, where'd you grow up? New York, Long Island. Long Island, okay, mm-hmm. so New York. So, New York basketball, so is that the mecca of
1: basketball? I would say so, yeah. I, mean, I
0: still, I'm like, we, we ain't gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, growing up, New York, what is um, the grassroots basketball scene like from, you know, grade school to middle school, Was it like?
1: Uh, grade school to middle school, for me, it was kind of like getting introduced to AAU. Um, even now like I know like a lot of people for me I, I got introduced in middle school AAU basketball but um, a lot of uh, at a young age what we, what we would do is a lot of times like playing tournaments like a record Park uh, nice. those outdoor tournaments in like Brooklyn new, in the city and you know it's like tough basketball where, like you're battling mm-hmm. you, you know you fall on the ground getting scraped up uh, but at the same time it's just super fun you know it's like you're competing with other people and then for me like its kids in Long Island we and my father would make it like, make it a thing to take us out to the city and play against you know tougher mm. competition out there. So we would do that a lot and um, make those trips out there just to get the best competition as young kids and make sure you know that we're not playing like, like Long Island's quote unquote not supposed to be. At, they don't it's say the it. suburbs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we got to make sure you we're know, in the church is playing over here <laughs> right. too. So uh, we did definitely did that a lot, um, trained a lot, and. Uh, and um, middle school, ice, elementary, middle school—that's pretty much what it really what it came down to.
0: Did you uh, play on the same team with your brothers? You guys all played the same team, or was it? Uh, there was the
1: actually there was one time. Uh, I was in eighth grade, so I got moved up to play JV, and uh, they were playing varsity uh, at Hills West. And um, there was one game where the last game of the season, I got moved up to varsity. Mm. So we were all, and it was—we uh, knew they were gonna—we knew we were gonna blow out blow out the team so uh coach is like be ready because you know you're gonna get in and he's like I'm purposely putting you in with Tyler and Tobias. So all three brothers get in at the same time. And I was just like, man, this is about to be the best day of my life. (laughs) I was like, this is what I this is what I this is what what we do it like growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. And now we actually put on a high school jersey, you know, they're nationally ranked and I'm on the court with them. I was I mean, it was one of those days where, you know, you got the jersey laid out before the bed. Right, you got you, yeah. got, you make sure you, <laughs> you, you just having the jersey, like, super clean. And, uh, I was so excited, so they get me in there, and then, uh, you know, to buy Todd is like, they was like, yo, their main thing is like, we're going to get you your first bucket, your first varsity bucket, so, uh, you know, they, they come down. First thing, they just swing the ball to me. And uh, I remember I shot one shot. I don't know. I think it hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> I, <was laughs> so I was just so nervous. So then, um, uh, I guess a couple plays down, they're, they're like, Terry, be ready. And it wasn't, they didn't even care about the first shot. It was like, Terry, be ready. Threw me the ball again. I hit a three. And like, man, everybody was just so happy for a kid in the eighth grade to be on the court with his brothers, yeah. mom and dad watching the game. And like, they just so excited. It's like, it's make me excited thinking about no, it. No man, that's yeah. dope,
0: man. I'm just like to be able to play with your siblings has to yeah. be something, man. And like you said, high level. Um, mm-hmm. how far apart are uh, Tobias and Tyler? Uh, so Tobias,
1: Tobias is four years older than me. Tyler is three years older than me. So they were just a year apart. So
0: they played three years of high school together.
1: They played every yeah 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 three years. Man, that's crazy. And then you were right behind, so you got that opportunity to play up with them. That's dope. And then so
0: did you play with Tyler? Tyler transferred
1: and went to uh, St. Benedict's last year. And then then I just stayed at the the school in Long Island, Hills West.
0: Gotcha, okay. So that's where you played all four years of high school? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then what was your high school journey like for you? Um, You know, coming behind, you know, a brother who eventually gets to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Tyler, um, Tyler ends up overseas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like coming up, you know, with the name and and mm-hmm. the street cred kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then yeah. having to experience that in high school? I was
1: really, uh, I was one where I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to make a name for myself, and that was like really like uh, a big thing for me. So if I was like Tobias' younger brother, I was like, man, I don't like that, you know. I want to, yeah. I want to people, I want people to know me as Terry, Terry Harris. So. Yeah uh that was like a big kind of motivator for me at at a young age um high school uh, high school was good you know I was able to uh play at a high level I was able to play against uh a lot of tough players in New York um had a lot of was able to play in front of a lot of good high level college coaches uh who would come to either watch practices or watch games uh so it it was good it was good AAU was good I got to do the Eybl circuit would all be city rocks, and then that's when uh, it
0: uh, first started, right? That's when Eybl mm-hmm. was first kicking off. Yeah, 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 first dope. kicking off. Who's on your team with city rocks? Who do you have with you? On my team, with city rocks. Anybody that's still playing in the league? Or?
1: Tyler Ly- Lydon was on mm-hmm. my team for a little. Um, man, I feel like AAU guys come coming, going. Yeah, no, all they all for real. They jump yeah, for sure. Yeah. But do you
0: remember any? Were there any games that really stuck out as far as uh, just a, a memorable moment in uh, Eybl?
1: N-Y-V-L, uh It was one good game uh, I had against a Stanley Johnson team. Okay, yeah. I think he was at Oakland. I want to say. Yeah, so so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was a couple good mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So high school. What was what was your specialty? And also, I want to talk about this. Let's let's scale it back. So you said you were training a lot and developing. Was that all your dad? Um. Or did you have your own trainers as well? What was that experience like developing?
1: Um in basketball so yeah like, yeah. yeah yeah um me and my father we would wake up at like 5 30 in the morning five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and we would, we would go to high school get a workout in and i'd shower and go go to school mm-hmm. and then um practice after school then do speed and agility and try to manage you know school works and everything so that was like for me like getting up early and even to this day like i'm i want to make sure i'm up at like five five thirty every morning yep. Uh, get a workout in and that's just my way of like really calibrating for the day. Uh, but he made an initiative to like hey get up we're going to the gym and even days when you're tired or like or a little uh you know, oh, dad I got to work. come on, we get into the gym. But that's yeah. good to have that, you know, just to always to always uh always work and always grind. So I think that was a big uh, part on um, just discipline and, and, and hard work for myself. Um, we did that a lot, uh, used to work out with um, Jerry Powell, uh, with him a lot in high school. And, um, you know, I think the speed and agility mixed with a lot of, you know, high intensity basketball training. And then of course we're hooping, having runs here and there, uh, you know, those types of developments for any kid is just, you know, yeah. it's gonna answer. get you there. Yeah, yeah it's for gonna sure. get you there, yeah, exactly.
0: And I've had the pleasure of meeting, I guess two, two, of, your, two of your brothers and your sister um, you guys are all very, like, just high-character individuals. Mm-hmm. What did your parents instill in you? You know, you talked about some hard work discipline. What are other things, like, the most memorable lessons that your parents taught you young that, you know, raised up some high-character kids?
1: hmm I think it was, like, uh, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Um, you know, show respect to people. You don't know what they're going through in life. Uh, you know I uh, was just and if, if and they would always just make sure that we were, were all held accountable for anything that we did or do mm-hmm. so it's like uh, you know at times you know somebody if we bullied the kid and they heard about it you know they'd make sure like well, you better you know you went like this it.
0: what does that mean exactly yeah, they yeah. uh, basically on... <laughs>
1: I don't know if I can see it on camera.
0: <laughs> Handle consequences. Yeah, consequences exactly. for your actions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's dope, man. That's good. I, I think it's yeah. good to hear, for parents to hear, you know, the accountability piece. Mm-hmm. Um, did they ever take basketball away as a consequence?
1: I think they made basketball the, the consequence sometimes. Oh, oh wow. So, wow. That's it. So, interesting. somebody like, I remember... Um, uh, so, like, I remember I was supposed to go to, like, a, a party or whatever, and um, there was just, like, I guess it was, like, an end-of-the-year thing or whatever. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to go, and they are like, my father was, like, Turt. he was like, all right, let's go get in the car, get in the car. And he just takes me to the gym. <laughs> but, and, like, hey, the, but the, sometimes many of the consequences in the family were, like, uh, like, if we did anything wrong, we were, like, extra sprints or, like, just a harder workout We're like, you know, going to exhaustion, you know, if I talk mm-hmm. back on the court. It wasn't It wasn't okay, finish your shot it was no, get on the line, you yeah. know you talk back push-ups, and you know sometimes even if my father was the coach at sometimes it was uh if I messed up, you know the whole team's on the line, so now it's not just me being accountable, but now I'm holding other people accountable for my mistakes. Mm-hmm. so now you want to you know when other people are accountable for your mistakes, you take it even more on yourself to i can't I can't mess up the same way so um you know, I think, like, on the court, that was really the main way, really, yeah. of uh, dealing with the, any consequences in life, yeah.
0: Did, did that make you, um, like, not want to play basketball at all sometimes? Because of it, like, did you resent them? Or resent, I'm saying that, did you resent basketball because of the consequences you had to face?
1: I'm going to say this. I think everyone in my family, <laughs> at one point or another, said, I'm done playing. There you go, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it was like, it's just like a dad, not even maybe a couple of hours later, get in the car, let's go. We're Back going at to the ship. Back at it.
0: No, I think uh, I think it's so interesting. Um, I think a, a parent, especially, or I'm gonna just gonna say a dad, because I think it's, that's what's most in our basketball world. A dad who has experience playing basketball is mm-hmm. so important to teaching you about life with basketball. Mm-hmm. And hey, he he just pushed you, made you guys work hard, and all you guys turned out to be college players, right, and pro and just um, high character individuals mm-hmm. and so it's always good to hear what they did to do that to get you guys to that level where you know you have extremes right you got the lavar bog stream of, of whatever he did the kids mm-hmm. worked out though they was in the gym they was working i think that's the common factor that people don't look at is exactly. how much work you guys are putting in but also his outspokenness and his way of doing things, speaking things into existence that mm-hmm. may not be and all that and kind of his, you know, extrovertedness is what I want to call it. Then you have the calm dad where you don't hear much about, mm-hmm. but they still working when yeah. they get to the gym, you know, sure. they are, you know, they're holding you accountable and making you do basketball workouts for consequence. Now Avery, when I get home, you doing the basketball workout? If you get in trouble, that's my daughter. So, <laughs> let's just get it done. I like that. Um, all right. So, working through high school, you had a you know recruitment coming, mm-hmm. playing at a you know playing at a high level, being able to play EYBL. Um, where'd you end up uh, going to
1: college? So, recruitment was actually a little it was it was a little tricky for me because uh, I believe um, at the time out of high school. Uh, my two brothers were like high division one players and, you know, we were trying to reach out to like high division one was like where I wanted to go but at the time, you know, I was really trying to, you know, I was figuring my game out still. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, we think like, what we see in high school is like, is the players, is the the kids game and like, this is who the kid is but kids can still develop, you know, and um, I was figuring out a lot still so, at the time, I wasn't, and I could say, I wasn't really distinctly like a high division one player at that time. Um, so, recruitment, like we, we, like high division one schools were interested, so like, we were like, taking visits, and then um, it just, fits weren't right, and it honestly led me to have to go to a low D1 school. I went to mm-hmm. Houston Baptist University, a low division one school, and um my thing was and my whole family thing was look, look look you know develop here go show that you can kill here mm-hmm. and you know do what you got to do for a year or two and we're going to get you to uh you know we'll transfer yep, to a totally. higher school and and to really or it's either that or go prep and I didn't I, I didn't want to do prep I, I didn't want to do prep so mm-hmm. um so I went there and I, I I took a visit there I liked the school looked cool and everything so I was like I'm gonna take this route and um for me, do you want me to get to college? All right, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. sorry I, I keep yeah. going. To keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. keep so going. For me, good. Uh, uh, you know, there's two things, you know, when you go into a high when you go into a low major school, uh, you gotta have there's like there's two mindsets because the majority of those players there at low majors, they're not their goal there is, you know, when when, when college is done, I'm gonna get a job. Yep. maybe I'll play overseas. NBA, out the picture. Right. Nobody's looking. Nobody's thinking NBA. Coaches are not talking about NBA, mm-hmm. and it's just it's out the picture. And you know, I'm a big believer of if I'm surrounded by ten NBA guys and we're working out every day, I'm gonna be lifted up as a player and I'm yep. gonna be the eleventh NBA guy. Yes. But if I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of players who like, yo, we just doing this for fun. We doing, you know, we just like round da da da. I'm gonna be the eleventh guy to kind of slack around too. Yes. So I remember going there my first my first workout. We played pickup. I killed. It was just hands down best player. And um, as I kept staying there, I got a little comfortable. And you know, I could see like, you know, the trajectory didn't kind of work out. I got a little It got a little. You know, I got in the head game with mm-hmm. the coaches and and you know, and I was like a person who like I was a person who. um my goal there was, I need it. I'm in and out of here. It's not. Uh, I, I'm a high. I'm a high division one player. I, I really shouldn't be here. Yeah. That was really my. That was really what I thought, and I felt that the coaches thought of that too, and it didn't really work in my favor.
0: Well they try to hinder you, showing, kind of showcasing it, your skills so you don't leave type of thing, it or it
1: was more of this is about the team, not about you. Got it. So yeah, and and I can I can see it. You know, you know, you want to win. Um, you know, I can see it. So I have no yeah, I, I don't know nothing. It's a from. team game at the it's end of the day. It's a team game at the <laughs> end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So we I play the first year there. Um, I don't do as well as I expect myself to do, and then um, I I do another year. I sit out a little bit. Uh, I got hurt in the beginning of the year, but I start really before I play really well. Got hurt. And I missed about five, six games. And then I come back and they don't really play me. So it's like, ah. Uh. Oh, so I took a medical red shirt and I transfer after that year. And I get to transfer to Eastern Michigan. Got it. And when I go to Eastern Michigan. It's like a, it's it's a good mid-major. It's in a high in the Mac, mm-hmm. uh, teams like University of Buffalo, Ohio, uh, University of Akron. And it was like a breath of fresh air for me. Cause it was just like, like, you know, these there's guys on this team who are looking for like, like, I, like, on the draft boards, uh, yeah. the coaches are talking, like, guys are talking NBA, guys know they're going to play professional after, and it was like, I was like, man, this is the environment, you know, you, wanna, you really want to be in. So, like, as much as we look at schools and look at, like, um, you know, look at fits and, you know, all that, I think one of the main things that's important is, like, is your goals aligned with, with, yes. with the environment that you're going to be around? So, like, if your goal is the NBA and NBA is your goal, um, is everybody else going to be talking about that? Or is everyone going to be, like, pushing you for that? Or you, is your work, if your weight room workout's going to be catered to that, um, are your education going to be catered to that? Yeah. Is, uh, your nutrition going to be catered to that? Um, uh, is your mental mindset going to be catered to that? Like, that's all so, that's all so, so important. Yeah. And, um... I even I even have another like I even I saw that hit again hitting the professional level as well, mm-hmm. but um, I go to Eastern Michigan and Eastern Michigan was like like I said it was breath of fresh air. I, I do two years there. Um, I sit out one year and then I play one year and it goes well. I was able to like get back to me, be back right. to like the scorer, the player. be. Yeah, the, exactly, <laughs> the Hooper. Exactly, Terry the Hooper. Yes, exactly. And then um, then then I have I had that extra year because I sat out. Mm-hmm. And I have a grad transfer year, So now nice. it's like, all right, I'm going to go grad transfer. So I go to North Carolina A&T. And t and a and was like, yo, we're just going to let you rock here. Do your thing. Uh, you're here for a year. And I was like, cool. So a um, and is great. It was great. The HBCU experience was amazing. Um, so I get there. I, I shoot, I, I shoot the three ball at a really high level. It's like one of the top three point shooters in the nation. Terry the got time. a strap, y'all.
0: Let, let, yeah, let me say sure. it since he ain't. Terry has a strap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't miss. Go don't ahead.
1: miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I got I shoot at a really really high level, and then um, at the time I'm like I'm six six and I can shoot the three at a high level. So it's like the game is like, you know, it's a pro game, you know, yeah. so, and. Um, I remember, but at the same time now, this is a low D1 school, though. Right. So, they like, I'm a fifth-year senior, so my mind's a little more, I can, I know how to, now at this time, I know how to kind of navigate and not let, you know, I remember, like, one of the first meetings we had, the you know, the coaches say, there's not one pro here. And that's, that's like, unfortunate because, wow. yeah, there's not one pro here. I don't see one pro here. Did and you I, interrupt them and correct them? I didn't, but oh, I okay. just, like... <laughs> I didn't. I, sh- I should have. I you, you took the mental note, I, though, I, sh- yeah. I took the mental note. Exactly. <laughs> and, and But, like, kids going into a low D1 school, that's stuff that you have to learn how to... If you're going to go there, you got to navigate. you got to yeah. know. you got to be really secure and knowing that, look, I'm a pro. Mm-hmm. I'm a pro. I don't care what nobody I, says. I'm a pro. I think
0: you're touching so. on something important for yourself, but as well mm-hmm. as the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not used to getting somebody who is, you know, focused on being a pro that they should know mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like is that hey at least your coaching staff should know that you you want to be a pro or you have the potential to be a pro mm-hmm. so they can uh, give you the resources and build it around you because you hear about some low major or some even some d2 guys who make it to the nba exactly and so i think in some of those situations those coaches know like i got a pro on my hands hey i'm gonna keep this guy as long as i can and mm-hmm. have that opportunity but we talk about this so much um we do it for high school even out here in southern california it's crazy and making sure of you're a fit. Just because a school has a great name and a great reputation doesn't mean that you fit their culture, mm-hmm. playing style, or that you're gonna get along with the coach. Mm-hmm. I said, go where the coach <clears throat> wants you, make sure the academics are something you can handle, and you can develop in basketball. Mm-hmm. And speaking back to your first year at Houston, you had the mindset of, you yeah, know, I'm about to just, <laughs> I'm gonna bust this up so I can get to the next level, when, I know you know this now, and, uh, it's a I guess a principle of success is I just go got to go in and get better every day mm-hmm. you go in there with that mindset regardless of where this takes you you yeah. never know what can happen for if sure. you go in here focus on I'm gonna just get better every mm-hmm. day so thank you for sharing all that I think mm-hmm. that's awesome and that's good for the kids to hear who are getting recruited and have low major opportunities make sure it's a low major opportunity that sees the potential in exactly. you, you know? so, Exactly. So, so finishing up at North Carolina A&T mm-hmm.
1: Good experience. Right, and then um, great experience, but then, you know, sometimes you go to the low majors, and uh, I didn't know what was next, you know. You're mm-hmm. just around the trajectory. I mean, I always knew, like, overseas was next, but I remember um, I signed with my agency, my, my father's agency, Unique Sports Management, and, um, you know, he, I remember him talking to me. He was like, he was talking to me before pre-draft. He goes, he's like, Terry, you're about to do pre-draft. I'm going to get you set up. You know, you're going to have a lot of teams you work out for, um you need to get locked in and at the, i remember i came home right after my season and it was like a like a, a real mental shift i had to make because i didn't like this was all like whoa like this is coming like nba teams now mm-hmm. i'm like oh wow like this is getting real now so um i go to um i, I go to la mm-hmm. and and this was it was so great for me to come out here and work out with you chris johnson and start doing pre-draft with with, with all the great college players who were playing and then Mm -hmm. the pros would come in and out and, and chris would uh make sure our workouts were legit catered to going to nba how nba draft workouts would be yes and we did that for about when i was like Six
0: weeks. You go for yeah. like a six to eight weeks Yeah, yeah before you go to work. Yeah, workouts, I,
1: even right? got, I even got there a bit earlier. Oh, actually. you're probably there earlier because yeah,
0: the, yeah, if you don't make the NCAA tournament, you exactly. might be there in March instead yeah, of April. So yeah, I got
1: there earlier. And um, I remember, I, I mean, looking back, uh, you know, for me in college, my body fat was always at a good percentage. I, I would shoot 1,000 shots a day, so like the, the shot was there. But... The main, the main thing that changed my game so much was just the mindset shift, you know? Yes. you know? And that was when I was working out with a whole bunch of pros. I got a pro trainer telling me every day, like, hey, nobody sh- can shoot like you. Like, you know, you got to show these teams that you can, and I'm hearing this every day. It's just like the mind shift has shifted. And then and you just like, you walk like as, as, you know, now I'm walking, not walking <laughs> like a, a, a D1, just a Division D1 player, but I'm walking as a professional, like a pro. Yeah. And uh, that was so that you know that was just so good for me as a player to uh, to to remove environments to come to come over here work out with guys, uh, pro level every day, and it was just it, it was just you know game changer. Yeah. Um, and my game was just it was just a whole it was just a whole complete different game in, in about six to ten weeks. Yeah. Six to ten yeah. weeks.
0: Yeah. And you get in crazy shape because mm-hmm. the two a days mm-hmm. the amount I'm you were shooting. You were shooting a 1,000 before. You may, be, may have probably shot the same amount of shots, but it was a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. um, movement, spacing, all mm-hmm. the little NBA nuances and yep. those things. People don't understand that change that happens during that pre-draft period is that, yeah, everybody's talented that's trying to get into the NBA. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that mindset mm-hmm. of you belong here, the confidence. Exactly. Um, so you had an opportunity to work out for how many NBA teams? I
1: believe it was nine. Nine, nine
0: teams. Yeah. And any of those workouts stick out to you to this day that was like dang that was wild i went through this
1: yeah um i remember there was two workouts so brooklyn was a great workout for me i just i felt i performed so well i came so prepared it was just like i remember i got to brooklyn early um a day early um me and my father and uh we, we found got gym we got some shots up the day before and um workout just shot super well and it was just I just felt so good I remember I called my brother up I said look I know I'm not on the draft board and I I don't know what Brooklyn's gonna do but all I know is that Brooklyn Brooklyn feels as if Brooklyn feels that Terry Harris can help that organization out (laughs) and that that's all and like that was like I wasn't on the draft board I got I was in a position to get a lot of workouts and I just felt Mm -hmm. like Man, like, I'm, I'm okay with whatever. If Brookingsides draft me, they don't, whatever. But I just felt good in myself to know yeah. that, like, I gave it all. I performed at a high level, and I was just locked in. And that was such a good feeling, like, just to know that, you know? Yeah, just to know absolutely. that. And um, I remember Philly's workout was also really – Philly's was so very, very tough. Mm. Philly's workout was extremely tough. So the whole time, like, Philly uh, – and it was so cool. They have this technology uh, where, like, there's, like, a tracker in the basketball. Mm -hmm. And um, so like for the Hooping Devil, so like if you shoot a shot and it uh, goes in, but it goes in and like and it hits the rim, like it shows you where the ball is on every shot. And if it's like a perfect swish, you'll see like the one in the middle. Yeah, exactly.
0: So you tracked all your shots.
1: They shot, every shot. And then on top of that, every shot you're shooting, they got people like, you got people chasing you and like, and they're they're blocking you. And uh, that's shadow boxing. Exactly. Yeah, And they're playing like hard defense, too. So like, so you so you shooting like game shots, um, nice. you know, with them and they're tracking everything. So it was, that was, a, that was an extremely like tough workout. I remember I was just like drenched after that workout. Like, man, this was like That's crazy. That, yeah. 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 So those, those two stuck out to me. Those and then,
0: me. so um, not on the draft boards, mm-hmm. draft night, um, you know, are you, uh, you're aware that you're going to get picked up by a team or what was, what's that process? You know, in wait, like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, the draft's going to happen. Um, what's, what's, next? Like, how, how did you know what was coming next because of your, you know, your dad's, you know, as your agent, your, his relationship with the teams or mm-hmm. how, where did it go from there?
1: Oh, uh, we thought we were actually, we thought Philly was going to draft me. Okay. We thought Philly was going to draft me. Well, they were supposed to, and it was like, uh, you know, it was one of those moves where like, um, you know, I'm going to draft them, do like, a, I think, uh, the pre, uh, was it the, uh, two way deal camp deal? Uh, camp deal, okay, camp, okay, deal yeah. camp deal, camp deal. And obviously, like you know, keep the bias on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't end up happening, and I was like, and then I was kind of okay with that that not happening, because I was like, you know what? Let me let me let me get to the league, like, yes. let me kind of get to the league. My, you know, yeah, I don't want to yeah. kind of go that way.
0: And you're speaking to just because your brother was on the team yeah, at the yeah, time, in yeah. exactly. that I guess it's nepotism in a way, but just that the poor, that relationship, the relationship the, base, but exactly shoot, that's what this game is about. That is what this game is about. <laughs> that you see, coaches. I just, Steve Kerr's son is coaching the, the Golden State's G League team now, right? That's like, true. it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Like, you have to use that leverage. And it's not like you weren't a pro. Yeah. You were a pro. Like you said, you proved to yourself exactly. in that Brooklyn workout, probably in that Philly workout, you belonged on the court. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, so you didn't get picked up. What was, the, what was the next step after that?
1: Um, so, I get to sign a Summer League deal, mm-hmm. Philly. And um, the goal was like, do what you got to do, Summer League. Um, you know, show them, show them what you can do. Uh, you're most likely going to be on Philly's G league team. So, but you want to put yourself in the best position to be on this G league team. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't do anything on summer league in the G league, they're going to be like, all right, well, really, what are right. going to do, but if you do things in summer league, they're going to be like, Oh, you know, we need them to perform in G. So now that summer league was like, like my last professional game was at North Carolina A&T. So you go from North Carolina to, to, to NBA Summer League, it was kind of like uh, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a, <laughs> a shift. little different, this yeah. Is a shift. <laughs> but uh, I had the right preparation, yeah. which is good, and uh, but it, it was it was it was it was a mental shift, big mental shift. So I remember the first game, I'm a little nervous. I got out there, and I'm like, you know, I'm just like, man, like I'm like I'm here right now, like I'm like this is the NBA Summer League. So it's like, you know, about two three months ago, I didn't think I was gonna be here. Mm. Um, now I'm really here, and it's you know it's happening. So um, I remember the first game wasn't that good. Second game I started showing like a shooting transition, uh, hit, hit hit a lot of threes. Showed like okay I can tr- I can translate from college to here. Mm-hmm. And then um, then we go down to the uh, then uh, you know summer league ends and I sign a contract with the G League team. I go in the G League. And the G League was—I love the G League. That that went, that first year, it was it was it was great to be around like, be around pros, yeah. guys trying to get ten days, guys trying to get moved up, guys trying to um, play in the next level. Um, everyone's you know and everyone's locked in, focused, and it wasn't like, um, it wasn't uh, you know obviously the G League. It's like a ba- it's a good balance of look, we're trying to win as a team, but we want to put you in the right position to showcase your your skills and your yes. sets. Yep. So, and, and you know, there's players who are really in that position where they're like, you know, look, I have to, like, showcase my skills to get where I need to go. And then when you get comfortable in a, bizarre, a, pop, a spot, you can really, like, okay, now it's like, all right, we need to win as a team, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So so I, I, I thought the G League was like, for me as a player, I was like, this is the perfect spot for me to be in right now, you know? And if I would have went overseas, I feel like, you know, a lot of overseas team, it's like, look, it's about winning, it's about the team. Uh, this is what we're solely mainly focused on. But the G League was like a good balance of both. Yeah. And um, I made sure like, you know, one thing is like, you you know, you tell your coaches, you tell the organization what your goals are. And like, as a player, and they they, they really listen, like, you know, and... Well, you know, I
0: want to tell you this. Not all G League organizations are like that. So no. Your G League organization. <laughs> like that. So that's good to hear. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, so I've heard some horror stories really? where... Oh, man. Oh, man. Because... Remember this. So it, it, the when you get to the NBA level, which G League is a you know affiliated with all the NBA teams, everybody's trying to move up. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a G League player, coach, water boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, not all the time are the coaches invested into the players mm-hmm. like that. Even though they should be, because they have to know if they invest into the player and the players do well, then they'll do well, right? Exactly. But some people don't think like that. Some people um, have you know. They're, they're about themselves. Yeah. So some coaches are like, yo, where are my, where's the dogs at? Where's the people who gonna get me buckets? And they just play them dudes. They don't try to develop each and every player on the team. So your experience was great, but not everybody runs mm-hmm. like Philly was ran that, you know with your G League yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's a blessing yeah. that, that you had that experience for sure and your teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, you're blessed though, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, cool. So how long? Uh, so G League one year. How many more years did you play in the G League?
1: I just did one year in the G League. COVID happened right after. Ah, COVID okay. so cut the G League season off. So, um, yeah, the my, I remember my season ending like, you know, there was about 20 more games left, but the season ended and, and then COVID happened. And then, uh, but during the G League season, I was like, because the G League season, you get paid for six months. And then uh, I was always wondering, like, how am I going to get paid for these next six months? Right. And, um, you know, you have a good amount of free time. You know, you got... You know, get two three workouts in a day uh you know the rest of the day is kind of leisure time especially when you're playing too so um i started just like a um, big readers and i started i picked up a real estate book and i was just like "Yo," know, i was like i started reading it and i was like well, i'm like man you know maybe this uh this will get me paid for the next the next six months of the year so uh i started dibbling and dabbling in real estate and um uh, i started like when i was in delaware um, I would just tour houses to with, with realtors just to start getting the feel of it. And then um, I remember I was touring houses in Delaware. And uh, I think a good thing also is, like, just making connections in general in life. Uh, I remember somebody, in like a mentor, was saying, make your connections while you have your jersey on. Mm. And it's so important to do it when you have the jersey on because you have more leverage when you're making these connections and like when you're going to speak to high net worth individuals or high you know big business owners when you have the jersey on it's not like you're looking to give them a resume but it's more of like oh you're interested in what we got and also like you're a big vital part of our community as well like mm-hmm. I, it's there's no reason why we shouldn't connect we shouldn't why i shouldn't help you and you you know so i, make, I made sure uh when we were in Delaware, I was like everybody was sitting on the uh, on the um, court side, or whatever you know, uh, doing warm-ups. I would shake hands, meet them, and and but Smart. and then I would also ask them like, hey, look, you know, i want to buy a property out here. Uh, what do you think? Is it a good investment? Is it? And um, I I would ask, I probably asked over a hundred people. Whoa, a hundred people. Man, yeah, yeah. You like a door knocker for sales. That's yeah, awesome, man. But, it, but wow. it it wasn't like it was in a genuine way. Like, yeah, right. No, was, no, no. Gen- nah. <laughs> hey, door knockers are genuine. They want that. Somewhere, you know, <laughs> somewhere. But then somewhere you get a call at like six in the morning. Like, hey, man, this ain't the right time. Right. right.
0: <laughs> not uh, man. That's amazing that you use that networking and that that mm-hmm. ability because of the position. All mm-hmm. your hard work got you to that spot mm-hmm. and it opened doors for you um, to be people who can afford core size seats you're able to speak to them mm-hmm. and talk to them. And uh shoot, your G League salary wasn't that wasn't that much. People would think that the G League salary is amazing. It actually went up a mm-hmm. lot this past year, like literally this past year. Mm-hmm. When you were in the G League, what was your salary 30, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Thirty
0: five K. Thirty five thousand yeah. dollars. So you make more enterprise rental car than you do with the G League. Mm-hmm. Like I want people to understand that. And so like you said, what I'm gonna do the rest of these six months and instead of sitting on it you figured it out and and connected mm-hmm. so um you had that connection with all those people buying real estate what yep. happens next
1: so i made a good i made a good friend in uh delaware uh, we used to just go out to eat after games a lot he was um he was the chief inspector he's like like right right below the mayor so like mm. and he was like all right look i would say i would send him property I was like hey how's this i want to get this one he goes mm, not the best area and and he would always tell me and then i remember when he would tell me hey that's a really good area if you can get something over there and uh there was a property i saw um for i think it was like it was one hundred and eighty thousand on the market and i put in and the thing is i never knew if i could afford a house because right. i had a thirty-five thousand dollars g league side i was like how and i remember one of the realtors was telling me he's like okay how are you gonna buy this you're gonna buy it all cash because he's thinking i'm an nba guy or whatever you're gonna mm-hmm. buy it all cash. You're gonna put twenty percent down. You're gonna do three percent down, and I'm like, wait, what? Three percent down? He's like, yeah. I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, oh, you can put three percent down FHA, and he's like, uh, it's first. It's you allowed to do one once every year, and. Um,
0: but you can do the first home buyers every year.
1: Mm-hmm. You can do it every year. No. Yeah. I did not know that. You do it every year. Okay. We so learn something new. That's yeah. I think that's
0: important information because mm-hmm. it sounds. The program's called First Time Home Buyers mm-hmm. and I'm thinking you could only do that once. You could do that every single every year, year. Every year, yep. Every year. Every twelve right. months.
1: It's good to know people. Yep. So we, we he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you pre approved I'm like, All right, cool. I'm like, What's a pre whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so then he connects me with the bank lender, the bank lender, you know, they get me pre approved, they do the credit check and everything. Um, and also in college I remember I got a, a credit card at Eastern Michigan at uh, Eastern Michigan Credit Union. So I started building my credit up while I was in college. Nice. I think that's important for kids too to just start building that credit while they're in college. Mm-hmm. It's like, why not? You know? Yeah. So when you get out of college and you're in the real life, now, okay, you have, you got credit leverage.
0: I want to talk a little detail about that because that doesn't mean just go get a credit card. Yeah. That means you get a credit card, put something, uh, pay for gas on there, mm-hmm. and pay it off when the total pay, was due. Just pay it off right
1: away. You yes. know? Pay it off right away. And, uh, don't don't think that credit, whatever limit you have, is is, is your money. That's not right. your money. And on top of that, only spend what you have. Yes. Like and what yep. you have is like what you have in your checking account. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he gets. So we go in. and He tells me three percent. So then I'm like doing the numbers. I'm like, I only got to you know put together about six thousand dollars to buy this house one hundred eighty. I'm like, let's do it. Like that's a no brainer. And for me, I, I at the time, uh, I knew I, I would have like fifteen. 18,000 saved up in the G league. Um, and then I had probably like, I had another, I had another, yeah, 18,000 saved up in the G league. So put 3% down. And while I'm in escrow, uh, for the property, you know, we, you have to do your inspections and I do the inspection and, uh, you know, there's a lot of little things. It's a, it's a fixer upper. So there's a lot of things. So we, we negotiated with the seller, like, Hey, how will, you know, you credit us $17,000 or fix all these issues. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, we'll credit you with $7,000. And then we met in the middle at 10,000. So this was the craziest thing for me. I go to the closing table with a check of $6,000 and I leave with a check of $10,000 and the keys. So, so I, you
0: came up four G's.
1: I came up four G's and I, got, and I bought this house and I got the house and I was able to buy it for $170,000. So wow. now it's like, all right, cool. Like this is $10,000. I'm gonna use this to fix up the house. Uh, I'm gonna use what I saved up in G League, another ten thousand dollars, fix up the house, and then I'm gonna use another. Um, I, had, I had credit cards at the time, so I, I used ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. So about thirty thousand dollars, twenty thousand out of my own pocket, and um, so I bought the house for one seventy. I put thirty thousand into it as work, so I'm all in two hundred k. I owe the lender, let's say, I owe the lender like one hundred sixty right now. Um, fix it up. A year later, I'm able to sell it for three hundred twenty grand so it's like <laughs> i was like man i'm one foot in one foot out in real estate right now and i just almost 4x my g league salary so i'm like what can happen if i really take this thing to the, <laughs> right, i really, right and I'm, you know i'm thinking like what can i mm. really so so that was like that was that first house just bought it in delaware fixed it up sold it was like it was also uh, another shift in me like that oh like I can make fin- I can make money uh, doing things that I'm actively doing, you know, kind of doing, mm-hmm. not just getting paid by somebody else by being my own entrepreneur. So when I, you know, got a taste of that, I was like, oh, this is the, you know, this this can this can affect me in different ways. So um, that that happened, and then um, I go out to L. A. You know, like now COVID COVID hits. I did this all through COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID hits. So I go to L. A. And I'm doing my basketball training in Los Angeles. And I'm like, look, I'm not making money right now. And uh, <laughs> and um, basketball's, you know, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm ever going to play again. Right. I don't I'll know. So it. I'm just training. And I'm, you know, and I'm spending a lot to live in LA and to train. I was like, I, you know, I got to do what just made me a lot of good money. So uh, I buy another house. I found Joshua Tree. LA is super expensive. And I just bought a $180,000 house. and so now I don't want to buy like a, uh, you know, LA, you're looking at like, Six hundred plus, easy, yeah. easy. So that's our like, one bedroom right now. Exactly right. <laughs> Six hundred would be lucky. Uh, right. Um, so then I, I I see Joshua Tree. And I see houses out there for like three hundred, four hundred thousand ish. So I, I buy I buy I buy a house in Joshua Tree for two hundred thirty thousand dollars, and it was a year later. So I put another three percent down, and um, I put I put a good amount of money. I put about sixty five thousand dollars into this house to mm-hmm. really renovate it, make it an Airbnb, and um, the house at the time, it's cat, it's my note on the property is $1,600 a month, and the property is bringing in $6,000 a month, and Airbnb off of Airbnb, off Airbnb. Oh, Airbnb. So I'm like, ooh, this is like a couple of these, you know, <laughs> would be really nice. Right. Really That's nice. once
0: again off that one house, you're you're bringing in more than your G League salary mm-hmm. in a month, in a month, or, or in a few months, I guess. That's that's yeah. amazing so yeah. where where is basketball in the midst of all this in real estate midst? yeah so
1: like i was um i was training i was i was training and then there were, there were days where i would train and just get in the car and just shoot out to joshua Tree, mm-hmm. and i would do that th- two to three times a week just make that two hour drive and um and and at the time also like i was training and i and i set up a wholesaling business which was uh wholesaling real estate was like Um, making cold calls, finding people who wanted to sell their properties off-market, and trying to uh, either me buy the property or find somebody else to buy the property for a higher price, and that would make me money. Mm -hmm. And that was like, for me, that was like my active income. That was a way for me to make money. So so I would go in the morning at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. to work out, and then let's say the workout ended at 9.30. I had another workout at about 2 or 3, and all my workouts were in the valley. So I wasn't about to drive, you know, leaving the valley. L.A., driving in L.A. is a hassle. Yes. So I remember I would go to Whole Foods, and my goal every day was, you know, to call, cold call, 100 people every day. I'd take three highlighters, and I would finish my workout, and I would, you know, make call, 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 call. Hi, Hi, this is Terry. I was calling to see if you were willing to sell your property. (laughs) <laughs> and this is after my workout. hundred. Wow. So it would take like an hour. This
0: is when we were working out at athletic games. Yes. Yeah. I didn't. Did dang, I didn't know you was doing all that. That's I was doing all that.
1: I took a big folder. I got the highlighted, and then you know do what I gotta do for two hours. Shoot back to the workout. The workout. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> Go the workout. That's the right. You were now you were yeah. cold. This, you were cold. But this going. was
1: before. This was before I sold the house. Though, my first house in Delaware. So I didn't really have. I didn't really oh, have okay. too much money. I didn't have that much money at the time. So. And then getting a job just wasn't a thing for me. So I was like, I stumbled on wholesaling and I really, I knew I wanted to get into real estate and wholesaling was like, what I was seeing on the internet was you can make money wholesaling. You don't need any money to do it. You don't need credit. And I was like, all right, I know I want to stay in this real estate game. Let me do this. And I did it for, I two, I did it for like two, three months and I was able to get my first, my first deal my first deal was about $6,000 and I called somebody. Uh, they wanted to sell their property. I met them. Um, they wanted to, let's, it's, they wanted to sell it to me for 545,000. This was right in the valley in Winneka. I, I remember mm-hmm. this to this day. And um, I knew somebody who, I knew an investor who was buying a lot of property in Winneka just from cold calling and finding out. And I was he basically said, look, I'll buy it for 551. And then I was like, all right, cool. And I had them; they wanted to sell it for five forty-five. So basically, they bought difference. it, and then I just got the finder's fee for it. Wow! So you're a broker at this point, just exactly. brokering the deal, exactly. off of cold calling. Off of a cold calling. When
0: you're a borderline, you're you're in the G League. You're mm-hmm. borderline. I know it was during COVID and all that, but still, you have this these two opportunities, you know, because mm-hmm. we all know this: to stay in the league, G League, you got to go hard. You got to be focused on exactly. that, but then you have this opportunity where it's, I'm not saying it's coming easy for you, but it is happening because you're putting the work in, right? Mm-hmm. And so choosing between the two. So what, what, what made, what helped you make that decision, mm-hmm. you know, during this time, what else, right. what else happened?
1: So I I think like, you know, the G League season didn't really, they like did the bubble, but mm-hmm. I didn't get picked up for that. And, uh, you know, I would get offers here and there overseas and they just weren't, like, financially. It didn't kind of make sense. Um, and then I had, about, I had about three or four projects going on. And um, I had three to four projects going on. What made that decision? Uh, th- I think things in real estate were just, it was aligning. It just felt right. It was aligning the right way. And I think for me, what made that decision really for me was it, it was starting to look like, my basketball career was going to turn it, it really looked like it was going to turn it to trajectory of of making a living overseas playing mm-hmm. you know it could be good it could have been great playing overseas right. it could have so it, you know it could have been so-so playing overseas <laughs> and making a career um but what i did notice uh from a lot of overseas guys was you know guys who played overseas whether it be one year four years ten years they'll go play overseas save up x amount of dollars and then start ground zero from life, yeah. like their careers, their real yeah. careers. And because what is the average professional careers? How long? Well, and NBA three and
0: a, three and a half three and for and an a half.
1: NBA. And then what would you say like for, for like
0: all sports? Not just oh. like
1: NBA overseas. Would you still? Be?
0: Um, I don't. You know, I don't know the overseas number. Mm. I don't know if they have that necessarily. They might, because there's a lot of people who go overseas and just. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. it's three three years is usually the, the average pro career. Three years, just the average pro career. Like, yeah. Wow. So like, <laughs> see, Yeah. Exact, so
1: it's just like, for me, it was just like, like I, and I knew, I, I knew like, even when I'm done playing basketball, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be in real estate. Yeah. I knew that, it's it just, I knew it. And it, it was, it, you know, it was a tough decision, and, uh, but things, things felt right. I was growing, every year it was growing. So like first year bought a house, second year bought two houses, third year. Uh, bought 12 pieces of land uh now i'm developing luxury houses and now i'm in like year four four and a half and now i'm developing over like, 80 doors so like every year Six. it's stepping up a little bit and it's 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 like things were aligning um i was able to um you know, things were aligning i'm not gonna lie like so when i made that transition to like look um i'm not gonna go to the gym today i'm gonna lock in a real estate uh it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. Did you hear your dad's voice in the back of your head? Like, let's go to the gym? <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk. I had talk with him. I had talks with him. Um, but um, I think the, what, what's crazy was, you know, I, it was just, basketball was always just seamless. It was just like, it's just, it's just routine. It was just yeah. always routine. It's like brush your teeth and more routine from like age one to mm-hmm. 20, 24, or 23 or 24. And uh, so like, I think like the first six months of me not playing, Um, I, it was fine, it was just like, it was just, it was fine, I was just like, and then something just hit me, and it was like, like, it was like, whoa, like, yo, who are you without basketball, (laughs) and it was like, Mm. and it really, it was just, it was like, I had to like, kind of like, you know, refine yourself in in a way, Mm. because like, for basketball, for me, it's the happiest I've ever been was on the court, the saddest I've ever been was on the court, The most hard work I've ever put was on the court. Mm. Um, You know, the most joys on so like um, like everything like emotionally and spiritually like is is embedded in this game. And I didn't really like, I didn't Mm. know how how much the game really meant to me. I really didn't. So then six months hit. I was like, yo, this is this is insane (laughs) right now. And I had to like. So even I remember like I just start asking people randomly. I'm like, yo. Like, because, you know, in basketball, you get in the flow, like, you know, the shots are hitting, and that's just a beautiful feeling. Like, you know, I'm like, yo, how do you get in the flow in real life? (laughs) I'm like,
0: Uh, That is deep.
1: Yo, how do you get in the flow in real life? And I was like, I was like. What
0: helped you find, did you find, have you found that flow?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still finding it, but I'm still finding it, but uh, just like how, like, things were starting to align with basketball, like, the fact that when you know you're searching for something, like, you know, it starts to. It starts to come to you, and I've uh, been like, uh, been really tapping into like, you know, just just mindfulness and like really like elevating yourself to like a higher consciousness and like, um, and just being ready to tap into like who I really am, you know, who, who you really are as a person, and I've been working on that extremely like, it's like almost becoming like an obsession these last like, this last year.
0: And what are you doing? What are you using to do that exactly?
1: I'm um, reading a lot, um, Eckhart Tolle. Um, uh, a lot of Joe Dispenza,
0: um, just a lot of self development. A lot of self development. Yeah. A lot of self
1: development.
0: Yep. No, I, I, who said it? I forgot. I, I read it. Just read a quote the other day, or maybe heard something over Instagram, and it was just saying, um, "The better person you become, you attract opportunities because of who you become, not because of what you do." Mm-hmm. And that is always a constant remark. I'm a grinder, like. We're from the basketball world. If we want to get a better jumper, we got to get in the gym and work on our jumper. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is going to cure that. And that is what you do to do that. In life, it's like I want money, so I got to work hard to get money. When actually, you just continue to develop yourself, right? Spiritually, Mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, um, and even physically, you got to keep keep your body straight. That those opportunities come to you. Mm -hmm. They they present themselves Mm -hmm. because of the discipline that you have in developing yourself, opening the doors that, man, because I, I, I'm i assuming, you know, having 80 doors, you didn't do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it came with the people who have sure. that same mindset mm-hmm. as you and who are working towards the same things you're working towards. Sure. It goes back to what I think has been uh, a big highlight of, our discussion today is the people around you mm-hmm. started with your family you had hoopers around you so that led you there then your your college experience mm-hmm. going somewhere where there weren't people who were focused on being a pro then it was then the g league same mm-hmm. thing people were inspiring to go somewhere and then you kind of found your place in your own place mm-hmm. with this real estate mm-hmm. and okay who else is doing this around me yeah people you spoke to but mm-hmm. i don't know of many other You know, inspiring NBA players who just hopped into real estate. Mm. I know some now who do it, and maybe have somebody who manages their stuff. But you literally dove in, Mm -hmm. cold calling people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it was the environment, it was the space you were in during a time where nobody was sure about anything with COVID. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's probably where it hit you after you woke up one day, which is six months, like. Yo, who am I? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, ain't I ain't not supposed to be going to the NBA soon. <laughs> and you got yeah, this portfolio yeah. of properties, though, right? Right, right,
1: yeah, man. I have dreams of, like, playing ball, like, and I'm not, and I wake up, I'm like, I'm not going to the gym this morning. Like, it, it, I think that's, and I, now, and you know, I've been open and telling people about it, but it's it's mm-hmm. common with a lot of athletes or NBA, like, just professionals. It's like, it's, it's like this is, like, all we know, you know? Because yeah. college, you know, we even go to college. Like, college is for Bro, college is not about academics, it's about basketball. Yeah, if you're gonna be yeah. honest, <laughs> right, right, right. Like high school is mainly about basketball. Your life is about basketball. Mm-hmm. Um you know now, now your now your career is about basketball. Now that's done. And uh, me and Tobias speak about this so much. And I'm like, yo, T, it's it's very tough, man. Like it's like that transition is like it's like yeah. very very tough. I was like, and he's like, no, no, I get it, I get it. I'm like, yeah, man. i was just like.
0: It's interesting because even him who's playing and probably, you know, at, at his peak right now, he's going to have to go through this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now Little Brother's going to give you some advice yeah. on <laughs> how you transition out of this because money doesn't change that transition. No, no, no. Money doesn't change that transition. It's, yo, who who are you without without playing this exactly. game? And exactly. what do you want to do with the rest of your life having the resources that mm-hmm. you have and all those little things? Yeah. And so that's amazing and, and um, it's inspiring. And I, it's, it's the thing that we always tell kids that, hey, we have no problem with your dreams of going to the NBA because look where it landed you. Mm-hmm. Your dream of being an NBA player landed you where you are because mm-hmm. the work that you put in and mm-hmm. opportunities that came from it. It's about knowing that you are more important than this game of basketball, what you do on the court, mm-hmm. one and two. How are you going to impact those people around you? Like you're providing homes for people, vacation mm-hmm. homes, however you want to look at it, and mm-hmm. um, resources and the legacy for the family that you you know mm-hmm. you have and you're going to have. And so, um, no, that's big, man. That's mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's crazy because I always to the kids out there, the ball stops bouncing one day, mm-hmm. and even somebody from a basketball family with the blueprint on how to do it. Dad is an agent which probably has leverage in getting there. The ball stopped bouncing, probably way sooner than you thought it would. Mm-hmm. But you transition to the to the next part of your life. Sure. Now do you miss hoop still? Of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> like I'd, be, I'd be a liar to say no. I'm great. <laughs> do you good. still hoop at all?
1: Uh, no. To be honest, it's the, it's one of those things where it's like I'll step on the court and I'll be like, ah, it's, it's so much. It's just so much emotion. It's like it's like even I go to games. It's just like it's just. I'm just like so emotionally attached. And I remember mm-hmm. I was sitting down with my uh, my father, who was a meeting and when he because he, he 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 was in like the same position, but he finished his career after college. And uh, I never I never spoke to him about the transition, but uh we were just in a meeting and he was talking to the guy and he's like he's like, yeah I had to divorce the game for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean by that? You know, I, well he's saying like, you know, you have to you know divorce the game just to like kind of and I didn't go in depth with him but I was like I'm like I'm, I see myself doing that naturally in a, in, a, in a sense, but just to like be able to really learn, you know, who am I outside of basketball? Like, let me just divorce the game for a little yeah. bit, and
0: so I don't. I hate that word, but I love the concept. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it okay, I Yeah. No divorces <laughs> over here, but no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Separ- I separate. We we'll yeah. say separate from the gang. So it? separate from
1: a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't really, I don't, I don't go hoop. I don't. And then another thing is like, I'm somebody who's always like, like, you know, there's some hoopers who just, they just get it. I take months off. Yeah. You know, I'm good. I'm not that type of. I'm I'm the <laughs> hooper where like, I need to get in a good amount of shots. I have to be mm-hmm. in my routine. I gotta do this. I gotta, yep. you know. All right, then I can all right, play at a high level. Mm-hmm. So if I go to court now and. And then this this guy Joe Schmo starts busting my in my hands, you know, I'm gonna be like, man, I, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Yes.
0: You know, absolutely. listen, we have an adult league on Tuesday night. Come through, we we'll love to have you. We all old and trying to figure it out and get our feel back for the game. It never happens, but we try every week. So come hoop with us. Oh, man. No, man, that's, that's man. Your journey is awesome, man. It's even like I've. I seen it. Like Mm -hmm. I've been here, and we talked through it. And I remember when he first. Oh yeah, there's really. He gave me the real estate book, and I'm like, man, I need to. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's dope. Um, It's crazy because it's it's even deeper than what you think. Mm -hmm. Just that transition, and for somebody who loves hoop, like I can't see myself without hoop.
1: But I think what's also helped me out is like kind of like figuring out what what the big purpose is, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I'm really able to like, and like what a lot of the books I'm reading is like to just like sometimes like to sit still and like. to really like understand like what what you're trying to achieve, and um, you know what, what what you're trying to achieve through what you're doing, and um, I see now like with real estate I'm able to like to add some to add creativeness to real estate to be a young person who's doing it as well, and like to now I'm being able to build communities. So like Man. my newest project is like a 42 unit in LA, but it's going to be a, a community building. So it's like I'll have. Uh, amenities and it'll be like and it won't be like one of these cut, cookie cutter apartment buildings too it's gonna have like some style some sense to it uh some soul to it mm-hmm. and I feel like me being able to align in that and to see myself grow in that trajectory is kind of like it's what keeps me moving yeah. and keeps me wanting to move at a high level so um that's something that's like really helped me out so finding that like finding that purpose in something you know
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. It's like you get to take the Harris name, which is closely related to basketball, mm-hmm. and now you're connected to building communities, mm-hmm. right? Somewhere where you never thought, and for you sure. found this passion for something. But you have to have passion to cold call and find some wholesaling stuff. Like you got to have some type of yeah. love or passion for something and do for it for, sure. you know, do it for time. And man, it's amazing what you're doing, man. And um, hope it'll always be there for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can always go back to it. That's your for first sure. love and that's the dopest thing about hoop is that we can be you know we can always go back to it no matter how old we are and all that kind of stuff and remember why we did the things we did and doing Mm -hmm. the things we're doing For um dang that's dope um all right so the next segment of our show we like to call um my rushmore okay your top four of all time and so the topic that was chosen
1: is top
0: four greatest of all time. We're not talking sport. We're not talking anything specific. Your top four greatest people to walk this earth, which is crazy. That's a that's that is a that's not easy.
1: It's not easy. I didn't get time. Oh man, I gotta, who 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 am I gonna put up there?
0: <laughs> you need time. I could go first. Yeah, you go first. I go first. I think I got. I got two, at least. One is Jesus Christ, just for yeah. me, um, just my spiritual beliefs, my belief in you know he being, him being the savior, the things that he did when he walked the earth and how he walked the earth. He loved God, loved people, he kept it simple. It was when people needed something, he provided it. Mm-hmm. That was it, he was there to serve and he wasn't on his high horse, even though he had the power to do it. I think people, us as, as people can learn so much from the life of Jesus. like. I understand not everybody's gonna believe in the Bible and Christianity and all that. Just look at the life of Jesus and see how to treat one another. Mm-hmm. I think it's so simple and I try to live my life like that as much as possible. Sure. Um I'm mean sometimes, but hey, I'll try. Um my second would have to probably be Muhammad Ali to live a life of purpose. Once again, he kinda he, he sacrificed himself for bigger things during the time of civil unrest in those days. And, um, you know, he has a little, uh, it seems like he's prideful, but man, it was a confidence and a confidence that I think black people needed to see in the time that he lived mm-hmm. that, hey, I'm the greatest. I could do all these things. And um, also, you know, not fight for for a couple of years because he didn't want to go serve. And his message that he sent over and over, mm-hmm. um, I think he's he's one of the greats as well man this is tough this is kind of tough trying to think of who else man I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say my mama (laughs) for me in my life um once again somebody who's selfless I love selfless people I Mm -hmm. think that is our purpose if we give ourselves and so um what she's done with just humans her whole life she takes Mm -hmm. them in she loves them um she kind of mean too sometimes but it's all in love and she's trying to push you to be the best best version of yourself mm-hmm. and uh she continues to just take people in and love them her heart is gold and she needs to retire and sit her butt down she won't listen to me and so uh you know bless bless my mom for for that Oof I'm trying to trying to do people I kind of know cuz I think they have a, a big impact. I'm going to come back to my last one. You start. Okay. Start. Yeah, because this is this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a tough one. Makes you think though. Yeah. 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 No, I do. Makes it do. Um, definitely Jesus Christ would be my first as well. Uh, I think you hit it on top of what you said. Um, one person that sticks out to me, I actually just finished one of his books uh, with Booker T. Washington, Up From mm. Slavery, and to see his work ethic and what he went through, like growing up, like legit starting off as a slave and having, having never really used that to put him down because Booker T was a slave and then right when slavery ended, you know, they're free to do whatever. So they it would, it's homeless, he would educate people. He would, but educate people a way to, you know, build up farmland, build up infrastructure Mm. Uh, build businesses, and um, the just just what he went through was just like I I I I, I don't know how he did what he did when I mean, to build schools to University right. uh, from where he went from as is, uh, is incredible. And I kind of when I read his book and just like man like there's no there's no obstacle that could really hold you back. There's no obstacle that could hold you back. So mm. it's like just go after whatever you want to go after. So that. I would say Booker T definitely on there. Um, I would say uh, one of the people I really admire is Walt Disney, just Mm -hmm. because of the dreams and like what he created. And um, a lot of people don't know he actually wanted to create. He was supposed to create uh, this uh, this this big huge city, and it was supposed to be uh, what Disney World today was actually supposed to be a a huge community city. Yeah. Experiment. was supposed to be Epcot, experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And um, just a dreamer and a visionary. you know, I really love watching visionaries because like uh, I, I see myself as a visionary and uh, and uh, to see like what people are who are visionaries, what they're able to create in life is just it's incredible. So I put him on there. And then I think my last one, probably somebody I know, uh, I'll get to my father. My father is just like one of those people who is just, uh, he's gonna be himself. Um, he he big, big, big manifester in life. Um, I remember, you know, when he was uh he would always say, like we would ask him when growing up, uh, he'd be like, Dad, where's your Rose Royce? Where's your Rose Royce? You know, we're in the family anybody. he goes, Oh, it's in the shop, it's in the <laughs> shop you always say it's in the shop and then um Time came. Um, I think uh, Tobias gifted him a Rolls Royce, and I remember he was like, "I told you I was in shock." <laughs> but, uh, but regardless, no. though, like that's really like he really meant it. He always yeah. said, like, he always manifests, like I'll, I'm going to be driving a Rolls Royce one day, and, and, and that's what he's doing, you know.
0: Man.
1: So I, I love to see that, and I just love uh, you know the hard work he puts in. Uh, it's 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 indebted to him. Like he'll never stop putting in hard work as much as he uh, puts in. So that'll be my fourth.
0: Man, that's dope, man. That's It's cool to hear, like, your pops reach his goals because I'm getting older now. I got kids, so it's like, man, there's so much I wanted to do when I was younger that I didn't. But, man, he got his Rolls Royce, like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's living the life, you know, that mm-hmm. he's, you know, manifested that he's pushed for. And so, in faith, like, I love that. I'm not as old as I think. Um, all right, so my last one. My last one might have to be Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm and um reading more and more on him and you know watching the movies about him and once again somebody who's just sacrificial with their life and fighting for something bigger and the wisdom that he speaks with and everybody he comes in contact with he just loves mm-hmm. um i think our the four people that we pick kind of reflect our lifestyle it's, it's interesting like your the dream the visionary the overcoming of anything mm-hmm. type of stuff and that would be just serving and sure. what well, you know kind of what we do within our you know our our, our world and so um, that's dope, man. So, yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing that, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, hey, Jesus, is number one, though. Y'all heard that. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So, the next part of our show is Where Were You When? Okay, an impactful moment in basketball history. Um, so for you, when LeBron won his first championship down in Miami yep. 2012 2013 season, mm-hmm. D Wade,
1: Bosh, yeah. the big three. big three. So, I remember, um I was always a LeBron fan, right when he got to the league. So like, I was like, I was just waiting, you know. And I was like, like if LeBron lost, I lost. <laughs> it was one of those type of things. And like, uh, people make fun of me because wherever LeBron goes, you know, I'm I'm just gonna follow his career. <laughs> and uh, I remember um, it was I think I was in it was early in high school. I was watching in my uh, in my basement. And I, I, remember I started taking photos on my phone and throwing them on Instagram like, like Bron got his first ring and it was just, it was a good feeling to see to see somebody, uh, go after something, and like you know, all the expectations Bron had, and uh, to and I think he's he's mastered every expectation he's had. He's just yeah. he's he's gone after. He's done it. And then to finally like see that one, it was like that one little missing piece because that's everything like, hey, he's the girl but he hasn't wanna ring it. Here's the ring. Yeah. To get that, I think that was like, that was a special, that was a special, that first one was special for him, yeah. yeah. For for the viewers, it was special. I know his 100%. his one is probably the one in Cleveland probably is going to be his most special. Right. But for the viewers to see it's like, I ah, got it, yeah. It, may, it
0: might be that first one because I remember just him talking about going some, and coming back to that environment. He had to go to Miami mm-hmm. to understand what a winning organization does and took that back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's something that's carried, he's carried to LA and just the, uh, you know, him growing, right? Mm-hmm. He was already, <laughs> he was already hooping. He was the best player in the league since his third year in the league, in my eyes. And um, that Miami one to get with two other All-Stars in the freaking Hall of Famer and D-Wade, like, and and to do it in the style they did it in. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments is, you know, them oops, them full-court oops, the the chemistry that they had to just play off of one another. And mm-hmm. you saw there was no selfishness. No. Like, that, it was just like, the hoop, and so to win that championship, and like you said, to go to Miami, and you know the announcement—they lose the first one, you know—and then to yeah. finally break that threshold, it was like, yeah, he's he's the goat. That, that's that's right. when I became a believer. Like, okay, he he's the goat. Like, now Michael Jordan's the best player ever, but LeBron's my goat. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense at all, mm-hmm. so it's it's a. Uh, yeah, and it's dope because I've had the opportunity to work with them and train mm-hmm. them and to see all that, that. The championship pedigree, it follows you. They walk different.
1: They walk different. Yeah. Oh man. I even watch them, like, I even, watch him, even, even last year in the finals, I, like, I love when the, the camera just goes on off guard. And, like, there's this stuff, like, he, you could just see, like, somebody who's, like, really, like, mentally, like, locked in, like, just on another level. Mm-hmm. And even, like, um I remember, like, you know, he just, after the game, you know, he, he's walking out. But, like, he's just so locked in on his craft. Like, he's there, he has a mission. He's not, not trying to be deviated this way, and it, mm-hmm. man, it's just it's even for me to see it—like I'm not seeing it in person, but like, yeah. like just to watch it—I I, can only imagine what being in the presence is like.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. it's it, no, it's—I don't get—I don't get like shell shocked. I've been around yeah, yeah. people my whole life. When LeBron walked in for the first time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's LeBron James!" I like couldn't even—he was in the door, standing behind me. I couldn't even look. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's LeBron." Only him and Jerry West. Jerry West because he's the logo, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yo, that's the logo. He walked into a gym. I was working at the front desk. That's crazy. It was more, even more while now, hey, LeBron, much respect to you. Mm-hmm. Going on to Jerry West, it was crazy. He was going down to the court when Emmanuel Mudiay was going through pre-draft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When he talked, there was there's four courts. It was at 360. And so, there, you know, the four courts, there was like members in there playing, training going down here. When Jerry West talked, everybody just stopped. But like nobody even said whole ball or nothing like that. Even the members of the gym who aren't even hoopers like that. Everybody just stopped. That's crazy. It was like a reverence for like, yo, this is Jerry West. It was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That's crazy. Very, very impactful. And yeah. So, um, dope, man. Um, so this is the part where we flip the script. You become the interviewer. Mm -hmm. Two questions you have for me. Anything in the world you can ask.
1: What do you, what do you love the most about basketball? Let me
0: answer that first because I'm going to start thinking about the other one. My mind works. All right. What I love the most about basketball? Everything, man. I literally, I love the way the basketball feels. I love, I love, let's talk about here from an emotional standpoint, um, the freedom to be myself. I always feel like in this world, right, we have responsibilities, right? So things I'm thinking, things that I want to say, things that I want to do, I can't always do because I work with the youth, one. Um, I'm a believer in Christ, so my, that, the flesh in me that wants to do stuff, I have to make sure that it doesn't take control and I always have my spiritual man on. Um, when I'm on the court, I'm still trying to be a Christian man. But there's a way I can do it on the court that isn't judged. Mm-hmm. That isn't judged a certain way. I'm a I'm a very aggressive, unselfish person, mm-hmm. all in the same tone. And when I'm on the court, I can do that. I can take it. I can just go to the rim and and finish. But also get work like I know how to get somebody else open. And that feeling of controlling my environment, but in a way where I'm bringing everybody up. I don't want to control stuff because I want the the uh, you know, the clout, the attention and the mm-hmm. power. I don't want that. I want to control stuff because I feel like I have the best remedy to help people. Mm-hmm. And so on the basketball court, I feel like I can do that, whether I'm coaching it, playing it or whatever. So, yeah.
1: That's Great question. Yeah. I guess my second question is, I said the first one was you love the most about basketball. And then um, what's your why? Like what, 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 what wakes you up in the morning? early in the morning and for you to be like I'm going to be better today. Like what what, what, what pushes you? What gives you that edge? Today? Mm-hmm.
0: In the last few months? I don't know. It's, it's actually changed. Like it's changing. It always changes there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's changing. And so I actually don't know what that is mm. right now. I've, I'm struggling waking up in the morning and doing my routine that I usually do. I've been doing for the last few years. I'm struggling with it right now. And so
1: what's your routine like?
0: Usually, I wake up 4.15, read my word, um, do some, uh, say my declarations that I have written down, I'll go work out. And so, while my workout, listen to worship music, then I go, um, so I do like weight workout, then I do a cardio workout right after it. And uh, then I listen, so during my cardio time, I'm listening to a book, some self-development. And then I train, so kids come to the gym at like 6 a.m., I train, and then go home, take a shower, kiss my kids before they go to school, and then work, and so I try to get all that all that me stuff done before my family wakes up because I want my time to be given to them throughout mm-hmm. the day. But that's usually my thing, but I haven't been getting to it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out my why right now because life is shifting. You know, mm-hmm. I got two babies, I got four year old and a two year old who are constantly changing. My wife, the business is in its ninth year. I have this podcast is going. I love what I'm doing here, so it's like. Yeah, what am I doing and why am I doing it? I just know, I know I got to take care of my family That's one. And so that's always there. And um, I know I just want to help people. And so those two things um, create the task of my day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're my why.
1: Mm-hmm. Right
0: now. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man.
1: That's real. Yeah. You got to figure out the why, though. I will. Which I will. You, <laughs> I know, like, everyone, like, yeah. it, it comes to you, you know? Mm-hmm. What's yours? That's what I... That's a good question. I mean, what is my why? That's a good question. I think um, that's, but it's, it's something that you gotta like, you gotta, <laughs> you're always really, you're always really, you're always trying to figure out your why. And, uh, for me, I feel, I feel like that is. Uh, today, I think my why is, um, I, don't, I was reading this book actually, The Creative Act, and they were saying uh, purpose, like, the, and they were they were spe- it was like an excerpt about purpose and they were saying like the purpose of the why is like it's never truly defined but it's 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 something that uh um it's something that you should go after but it's 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 if you're constantly like looking if you're constantly like kind of going after your purpose it kind of almost ruins the point of the purpose mm. Mm. but it's like but it's like but the book kind of like it, it it speaks a lot about just flowing with the things that you feel that you naturally flow towards, too. Yes. So like, like, like you said, like how this podcast, like it just feels right. Mm-hmm. Do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, like something like, like like real estate just felt right. Like, well, let's do it. Create more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of. Well, but I don't know. That's a good question. Why?
0: And we gotta figure out this whole why thing. So I know there's like the always like, I don't wanna make this clear. It's like I know my why is to like spread the love of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But I just do that because of who I am, right? that that's normal so that is my why is to spread love of jesus right mm-hmm. and but we're talking about this other why like the yes. human is all i mean even in the bible paul is considering why he does things and what his motivations are mm-hmm. and just people always trying to find that thing to fill. we're trying to look for this piece of ah so mm-hmm. my actions can be pushed towards that thing but the journey is all that matters, anyway. Because if we reach this destination, the why changes. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: yeah. When I think about it, um, I definitely want to be able to allow show people that I think part of my why is like to be able to, like I'm a 27, you know, developer. Um, I want I want other people to know like you know I bought a house with a thirty five thousand dollars salary. Like I yeah. want other people to know like, oh, I can do that too. So I feel like I I take it upon myself to like to, uh, you know, want to share my story, want to tell other people how I did it. Uh, there's no part of me that, that says, you know, there's some people, there's no part of me that's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what my salary was or I'm not going to tell you what I made or this deal or or I feel I have to. Like, it's just, I want you to be able to, you know, want you to, not even you do it, but you able to know that it's possible to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's part of my why, and I think another thing part of my why is like just to be able to spread joy, you know, and light to other people. I thought when I was playing the best on the basketball court was when I was having fun and being happy, and it was just such a joyous feeling. And I want to be able to flow more in in that tune and and share that with other people. I think that's there you go so you yeah. figured it out talking through it exactly bit. <laughs> sometimes that's all it is, is talking
0: through it, you figure it out <laughs> for sure um yeah. so you got 24 second shot clock that's your camera right there tell the people um anything you want it could be about any venture you have something that you want them to tap into or just some inspiration or encouragement
1: cool what's up got terry harris um real estate developer play professional basketball um, right now you guys can follow me on Instagram, that's where I'm most actively on at Terry Harris uh, 15 where I just showcase uh, some of the works I do and the projects I'm working on and I try to be as transparent as possible with that and um, if you have any questions feel free to reach out and uh, that's pretty much it Thanks man,
0: appreciate you being on the show appreciate you, Todd. Yes sir, yes, sir. What's well, happening to you guys next time, peace